0: From KMUW Studios, this is Books and Whatnot. I'm Suzanne Perez,
1: KMUW's resident book reviewer. And I'm Beth Goulet, host of KMUW's Marginalia podcast. This episode was recorded on Monday, August 9th. Any references to new or forthcoming and the like are relative. How
0: are you doing, Beth? Well. (laughs) Hey, you know, um, this is our second episode and I just wanted to say we got a lot of great feedback from the first episode. So thank you to all the people who who listened and and gave us their ideas and feedback. I thought that was really nice.
1: It is really nice. We really appreciate
0: each and every one of you. Yeah. I know I do. And Beth does too. (laughs) It's early. It's early in the morning. Why do we do this on a Monday? I don't know. We need to do it over drinks sometime.
1: (laughs) There you go. Um, what have you been reading lately? Okay, so I have the list in front of me. I think it's one shy of last month. It's once again incredibly (laughs) impressive. (laughs) Thank you. You amaze
0: me, Beth Golay.
1: Um, The first three I've actually, I talked about last time, but I hadn't read the books. I just knew I was going to be um, visiting with the author. So I will start with The Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. And I mentioned that um, it was on my TBR pile last time, my To Be Read pile. And now that I've read it, I can explain a little bit more about it. Because A Final Girl is the person who survives the horror movie and who kills the the monster. Yeah, this is such an interesting (laughs) title and premise to me. I can't wait to hear what you thought of it. And so, you know, I had a conversation with Grady. He is wicked smart. Um, it's, it was a very fun read, and he makes it all the more enjoyable after visiting with him. But, you know, one thing that um, if you listen to the podcast, the one thing that I found really interesting was the audio book is narrated by Adrienne King. And she is the first final girl from the Friday the 13th movie. Really? She's the one who, who um, killed Jason or survived Jason. You know, I don't watch yes, these because movies. Yes, so. <laughs> I think Jason lives on, like, for 13 or 14 <laughs> right. movies, doesn't he? <laughs> right. Um, and so I, I, I got to listen to a little bit and share, like, a minute's worth of her doing the audiobook, oh, which was cool. fun. And he told a story about how she was called back to do Friday the 13th Part 2, and she told the producers, yeah, I have some stuff going on in my life right now, but, um, yeah, let me know when you're filming, and, and I'll let you know. And so she got... She got to the set and she, um, they didn't really have scripts in those days. They just kind of would shoot and, you know. Scream. Yes. (laughs) Move on. And so she was in the scene and didn't realize that she was just going to be, you know, killed immediately. Wow. And um, they, like, shot the scene, she took one take, drove her back to her hotel and said, thank you very much. And she thinks that they thought when she said she was she had some personal stuff she was dealing with that she was pregnant, Ugh. but she was really dealing with a stalker at the time. Yeah, and so they, different. they were just, you know, writing her out of the movie. Oh, my gosh. So what,
0: Well, in what year was that? Was that the 80s then? Or... I'm um, trying to think when, when
1: I have no idea. Friday the
0: 13th came
1: out. But. Anyway, she oh, wow. um, that was interesting to listen. And then I also was in a second conversation with him recently um, for uh, our, our friends in Chicago who have Exile in Bookville. He was supposed to be in conversation with Adrian King. And I was just helping with with the recording, and she's in Oregon, and she didn't have good internet connection, and so she could never join the call, so I just did my interview all over again. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But what was fun there was Grady held up this bottle of wine to show what he was drinking, and um, Adrian King is in partnership with a vineyard in Oregon, and they sell Crystal Lake wines and each of the labels features artwork by her so that's so cool (laughs) small world so yeah they're you know she she's still profiting off of friday the 13th even though (laughs) she's that's
0: funny yeah i'm not a huge horror movie fan although i have watched some here recently but i am just i don't know why i'm so fascinated by that title i think yeah i would that's a book i would
1: pick up i think yeah did you did you like the book yeah it was good yeah. So, is, in, yeah. what's the premise? Like, is, is it really a support group? Yeah. For these final are girls these purposes? are all yes, and but nobody knows that they get together, and oh, you know fun. they all it's like fight when, clubs, <laughs> right? They their their group they meet in the basement of this one church, and they have this C formation because nobody is going to sit with their backs to the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
0: Well, I'm going to talk about a book I read recently, which is Falling by T.J. Newman. This is a summer blockbuster. Again, with the propulsive action thrillers, I listened to it on audio, which is really good. This is a book everyone's talking about, and as I said in my review uh, for KMUW, I highly, highly recommend you not pick this book up at an airport. <laughs> it's um, basically a hostage hijack sort of situation, and for the most part, I, I really liked it. It was you know, action packed, and I'm not going to give away. I don't want to give away any spoilers. But again, you know, we talked about who is Maud Dixon last time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, sometimes these books just sort of hit a point for me where I'm just like, oh, my gosh, really? Really? You know, that sort of really with a question mark and an exclamation mark. And um, that, that's what happened with this one to me, too. I just was like, wow, just sort of over the top. It reminded me of the movie Independence Day, you know, where the aliens come in. Anyway, it doesn't have anything to do with aliens, but just what, you know, it just the plot just kept getting more and more and more unbelievable and just but anyway it was I tell you what though it kept me reading I Mm -hmm. don't know have you read it no I have it (laughs) I I own it ding ding where's our bell (laughs) my friend Jessica came up to upstairs to the library the other day and looked around at all the shelves and she said oh my gosh can you you know suggest any of these what of these would you give to me to read right now and I was like I was looking around and I was like I haven't read any of these (laughs) All the books I've read and loved are in my downstairs bookshelf, but the library is like all of my... I own that. I'm going to read it someday. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I had a guest this weekend as well. And she said, okay, what's the deal with all the books on those shelves? Because I've read some of them, but I'm looking at others that I haven't read. And I'm thinking, are these the special books that that are so good and I'm supposed to read them? And I said, no, that's M through Q. (laughs) But have at
0: it. (laughs) As I told Jessica, it's like, borrow what you want. You know, get it back to me or don't. I don't know. Obviously, I'm not going to miss these books too much.
1: So that's two episodes in a row where you have read a propulsive fiction that has fallen apart for for you. But I'm wondering if there are any listeners out there who who really just love, maybe this just isn't your type of fiction. Well, you know, I
0: did read The Push, though, and really loved that. Yeah. Um, It it just, um, I like a, you know, I don't know. This was more of a, um, Falling was more of a... um, like a a Harrison Ford, Nicolas Cage movie kind of, which is fine, you know, which is in the right mood, Right. that sort of total escapism, it's summertime and I want to read something that's going to just keep me enthralled, that this totally does the trick. But just for me, I'm just, I guess I'm more of a fan of literary fiction Mm -hmm. and I want, um, I don't know, I just wanted a little something more. But um, again, I read, you know, I listened to the whole thing. It did, I did not stop because I wanted to hear what happened next, so.
1: Well, if you're listening and you do like those, you know, the crazier, out, more out of control, the better. You should let us know yeah. what, what does know, it for you.
0: And I w- I'm going to mention right here how, maybe how to let us know. Oh, those yes, things. that's perfect. <laughs> nice segue. We have, yeah, we have um, some social media accounts that I thought we'd uh, alert you to. We are on Instagram at books underscore and underscore whatnot. That's books underscore and underscore <laughs> Boy, whatnot. that wasn't well thought out. <laughs> When no, I it's started easy that years find. ago. Actually, if you search <laughs> books and whatnot, it comes right up. Yeah. And then um, we are also on Twitter, at books and whatnot. And that's a, the word and. So at books and whatnot on Twitter as well. So, yeah, please, um, you know, the Instagram account, We you know, we have posted – one photo there, and it is of, and it, we're going to get better. But um, it's of um, my cat, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is who is new to me. But uh, we might have maybe some appearances from Cat Goley on that yes. account as well. We have some library cats to feature. So, if you
1: like books and you like cats, <laughs> and you can also follow Suzanne at Suez Perez, ICT. That's correct. And I am at Beth Goley. Right. So, so yeah, let's talk books on social media. Okay. I don't recall if I mentioned this one last time or not, but it's the Other Passenger by Louise Candlish. So um, she's a London Times best-selling author. She was at home in London when um, when we spoke, and this this book she classified it as commuter noir oh, because wow. it, it's it's a psychological thriller. Ruth Ware calls Candlish the queen of the sucker punch twist, That's and so yeah, this takes place on this mode of public transit that I have romanticized in my head but it's a it's a water ferry oh wow like in Seattle or something yeah or, I or guess like, yeah or, or, there's or, a bar on it and oh, like you have wow. your
0: own seats and I don't know wouldn't you love to take a ferry to work yeah
1: although we are romanticizing them so the people <laughs> on the ferry are like get me off this ferry I don't probably want to go to the so ferry. um but this is you know it's it's a thriller so I'm not going to spoil a thing but one of the things I found most interesting when I um, I asked her about writing from a male perspective because its main character we are seeing this story through his eyes we see male writers do the reverse all the time yet you know we're surprised when we see women write from this perspective and she didn't exactly get mad at me but she kind of gently scolded our gender saying you know asking why does this surprise us so much and the interesting tidbit that she added was when her main character is a male those are the books that are acknowledged for awards oh that is very interesting I thought
0: so too and you are right it's like I I can think right now off the top of my head of several male authors that that write amazingly well from a female perspective and that's like one of the first things you think oh my gosh this is so good and he's like yeah how does he get into her head yes (laughs) well uh J. Ryan Straddle, you know, comes to mind. or um, But, oh, it, yeah, that one that we read that really,
1: oh, Mothering Sunday, oh, Graham yes. Swift. That was another one.
0: Exactly. But you're right. Like, why? And again, you know, there's a lot of talk about own voices right. and writing from, you know, where you are. and But, you know, it's fiction. And I, I'm i sure that, you know, authors want that creativity and, you know, the, the range to, to write from the different perspectives. That's interesting, though, about the notability of the books yeah. being higher if it's a man
1: so the other passenger what'd you think of of the book it was good uh-huh. it you know she she surprised me several times was I there mean a sucker punch s- twist? several <laughs> several sucker punch twists and none of them made me mad I would just say oh I see what you just did oh, there well, well done I Love that well I love done that. okay what are you gonna throw at me next yes just... I like that so yeah it was okay. fun and she was you know it's amazing how sometimes I like the book even more after I've visited with the author and um, she did that for That's, me. yeah. Actually, everybody on this list <laughs> did it's that for me. Easy to understand. Yeah, because yeah.
0: authors are, but people are good people. They are. Um, my uh, other book I've read recently is The Other Black Girl by Zakia Dalila Harris. You spoke with her, right? I did, yeah. Okay. Well, I I thought this book was amazing, uh, if for no other reason than bringing to light sort of the whiteness of the publishing right. world. So the character here, Nella, works at a publishing house called Wagner Books and she is the victim of uh, macro and micro aggressions left and right. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the need for diversity in publishing. But coming off of uh, last year or when did uh when did American Dirt come out? January 2020. Yeah, I think I think you're right. So American Dirt came out and there was so much talk about that about that book not being an Own Voices book and just sort of, um, you know, that, that author, that basically that author reached the success that she did from that book because she was white, even though she was writing about Mexican immigrants. And anyway, so, so Own Voices is, you know, just kind of a, an interest of mine anyway. And this one, wow did did a great job it has you know a twist as well that we won't uh, we won't talk about but um it's been compared to the movie get out it's like get out meets. oh yeah i, I love when people describe books like <laughs> such and such meets such and such and it's like you know get out meets something else and and i thought that that was a really apt devil wears product, yeah think, wasn't oh, yeah, it that's right yes <laughs> yes because she's dealing with um her bosses and and all of the, her colleagues and things happening in boardrooms that you think are going to go one way that go the other way and Um, but yeah there's definitely a a get
1: out sort of
0: (laughs) feel to it as well but I I really enjoyed it I thought it I thought it was
1: good she's also an editor at a publishing house or she was before maybe before this was bought but she she said that she was in the bathroom one day at um, maybe it was random house I'm gonna I should probably fact check that but some another black woman walked in and she she got all excited because she saw somebody who looked like her. And wow. so she was like ready to like strike up this friendship. and i don't I don't think the other person was into it. She was probably <laughs> like, "Why are you talking to me?" But I think that was the you know the impetus behind yeah, this. So that was story her line. inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it was very clear to me that she was writing from a place that she knew. right. And I appreciate that authenticity in the yes. novel. So yeah, I, I recommend it. That's the other black girl by Zakia Dalila Harris. yes.
1: Another one um, that I read this last month was, um, and I mentioned it in passing the, in our earlier episode, but China Room by Sanjeev Sahota. And it's published um, by Viking. And let me just read this first line to you. Oh, okay. Mahar is not so obedient a 15-year-old that she won't try to uncover which of the three brothers is her husband. What? <laughs> and, the, you know, this opening That's line. the opening yes. line. It, I love a good I know. opening line. Well, and it's... It's a work of fiction that grew out of family legend, because when I spoke with him, he said, you know, he had heard for years that his great grandmother was actually one of four women who were married to four brothers, and they didn't know which husband was theirs. Because they would be, you know, in in this novel, anyway, they, these three women were like, they lived in this room, the China room where the China was kept, but there were bars on the windows, and they were just, you know, servants, but they're, overbearing mother-in-law would like tap them on the shoulder and say no china room for you tonight and that oh. means they would have to go to this really dark room where they were supposed to have relations with their husbands with the intent of i mean they were just supposed to have male offspring wow. that's what that was the goal that was the desire he said his grandmother didn't know which one was her husband none of them knew until a year later when they saw which of the brothers was holding their baby
0: oh my God. isn't that crazy i am I am all in for that book, which is a good thing because it is the literary feast selection for September, isn't it?
1: It is. And it was also, after I spoke with him, it was long-listed for the booker. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Well, it was It was
1: really well done, a really compelling story. And, um, and a very cool cover. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it, it doesn't matter. Anymore,
1: <laughs> but. And it, you know, there are three timelines involved. You know, you have the 1929, the 1999, and then 2019. Oh, I so, love that. Yeah. I do love the altern the alternating timeline uh, trope. Yes. <laughs> well, and as he described it to me, he called it a spiral. He said these storylines are spiraling because you get a lot of 1929 and then you get a lot more of 1999 and then in the middle, there's like 2019. And so it, it oh, like cool. spirals smaller and smaller portions. Oh, neat. So. Well, I am very much, li- that is one of the books I'm very much looking forward to. So I picked it up the other day at my independent oh, bookstore.
0: And uh, yeah, looking forward to reading that one.
1: And I did just publish that interview, I think, last week. So it's, it's out there on marginalia.
0: Do we have the date? Uh, so Literary Feast, uh, for those who might not know, is a monthly book club for KMUW listeners. But it's a, a virtual book club in September, uh, September fifteenth. Okay, September fifteenth, we'll be talking about China Room. So join us. Go to kmuw. to
1: sign up for that. And we meet um, when we meet on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's free, so right, I, and that will be at five from five to six. Yeah. So um, good. I look forward to that. Me too.
0: Um, so my other, my next, uh, my third and last uh, book I've read is actually a book I did not finish. So. We call it DNF in the, the bookish community. Um, and that, it was News of the World by Paulette Giles. You were
1: so excited about that last time. I was so excited time. about it. Here's
0: the, <laughs> what I want to say, though. Um, sometimes books just don't speak to you uh, for whatever reason. They just don't keep you reading. And I, I fully believe that if a book is not you know, calling to you to come back to it. And this is not <laughs> always the case, because obviously, you know, if you have an assignment for school <laughs> or whatever, but if you're <laughs> reading for pleasure, if you're reading um, on your own, you know, if, you, if you're not into a book, I, I highly recommend just putting it aside. And I, you know, we, we call it DNF, did not finish. It doesn't mean you won't come back to it someday. But this one, it was beautifully done. It was beautifully written. Um, the scene was Texas, you know, a hot Texas summer, I, I can only think that I, I'm not into Western, you know, movies. I, I've never read Lonesome Dove, although that's been recommended it's to me. It's on my list. Um, and this one just just didn't hold my interest. So I got a little more than halfway through it. I may um, finish it another time. I'd be really, really interested to hear what listeners who love this book would have to say to that but uh yeah so I put it aside because other other books were calling to me more so that's that's where I am with that that was News of the World by Paulette Giles and I think that we should talk about books we don't finish because people need to know that we
1: don't always finish them (laughs) (laughs) okay so I also mentioned this one last time while we were dating by Jasmine Guillory and we spoke about it because Haley Crowson insisted that I speak with her and it was one of her favorite authors. And so she read it first, and then she came to one of our meetings, and she kind of put her f- her hand on her forehead and leaned down, and she said, oh, Beth, I'm sorry, I, f- I forgot there would be sex. <laughs> <laughs> she says it like it's a bad thing. Well, H- Haley, is, <laughs> she's just one year older than my oldest daughter, so I'm sure she was just embarrassed. Like, she probably felt like she was talking to her mother. And so... Um, when I was visiting with um, Jasmine Guillory then, I told her that story. And so I wrapped it into a question. I said, so, sex scenes, were they fun to write? Were they uncomfortable? <laughs> That's a great question. And she, um, her answer was so insightful, I was so glad I asked it. What was it? Well, because these two people, sometimes the bedroom would be the only place that they would possibly be feel like they could say this oh, thing out loud of course. so it was interesting
0: you know there I don't read many romances but right. there's talk about closed door and open door romances oh. um, and there are just different levels of those sex scenes I guess for different for for readers of different comfort levels with that sort of thing and um, so would you would you call this an open door romance or was it like did most stuff happen did most of the <laughs> Of the of the business happen <laughs> off you know script you, oh off just, the page yeah or do you are you right there for it you know what
1: I mean you're pretty much right there for it okay so I this mean, would be I, an I open
0: so which which hence the Haley Krause right. head <laughs> yeah. lowered head I mean she I was looking for a cigarette <laughs> after you no know. and you know hey that's not always a bad thing. <laughs> Open Door Romance from Jasmine Gallery.
1: Yes. Okay. Okay, so I I will quickly go through these so we yeah, can move sure. on to our next subject. Um, Godspeed by Nicholas Butler. Um, I interviewed him for Little Faith. This was a departure for him because it was the first book that he's written that was not set in Wisconsin. Oh. So this is set in Jackson, Wyoming or Jackson Hole. I don't know the difference. They were both... In the book, and I don't know if they are the same thing. Jackson, Wyoming. I don't know. I think they might be the same place. Listeners, if you know, let us know. Um, (laughs) You (laughs) idiot! Can hear it now. Um, This touches on gentrification because the locals are being priced out, and but they're being tempted by the money that those who are building vacation homes—they're just throwing the money around. And he got this idea. He was visiting with a builder in Wisconsin. And he was t- saying, you know, there was like this two million dollar house being built, and um, the homeowner, she was becoming impatient with the delays, and so she offered each of the workers um, a fifteen thousand dollar incentive if they finished it by a certain date. This builder told um, Nicholas Butler, "We couldn't meet that deadline with all the meth in the world," <laughs> and so he th- started thinking about that. But then he thought, well, what if, what if that incentive was like? 10 times that and what if um anyway he just started thinking what ifs what ifs what ifs what if it wasn't a two million dollar house but a 20 million Uh dollar house and and so it's a thriller in that it has that slow burn and you just I mean it is not a quick read and you it just keeps building and building Mm -hmm. and building and building and and he's delightful (laughs) yes
0: well you know he is definitely on my list of authors to explore yeah I haven't read any of his his stuff
1: yeah what so, about that one? God so Godspeed by Nicholas Butler. Yeah, oh yes. Oh, this is I'm I'm okay, she's pointing to a book in front of me. It's called The Guide by Peter Heller. And he is um best-selling author of The Dog Stars and The River and The Painter and Celine. I'm visiting with him in about 3 hours. Wow. For this book. And this is this will be the third time I've interviewed him. Wow. And so The Guide is not a sequel to The River, but it does feature one of its main characters. Oh, um, so like a spinoff. Yeah, he, re- he returns to The River in his thoughts quite a bit because the, the scenes from The River, according to this book, happened three years ago. Um, and that's about when the river came out, right? <laughs> Probably so. so yeah. yeah. And so the guide is set at a fly fishing resort in Colorado where this main character is originally from. Because the river is set in like the Hudson north. Like Hudson Bay right. area, like up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting about this, and you can see I'm not quite finished, but I will be by the time I visit with him. She's gonna leave here and read like the yes, wind. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, he... He talks about the virus and the coronavirus, oh, but really? I think it's it's speculating on future viruses. I because know. I don't think he this is I mean it's the not way a pandemic book. It's not, but they have lived through the pandemic, if oh, that makes sense. Right, right. So okay. Anyway.
0: I am very curious about that one. Yeah, that's Didn't gu- mean to get No, push that's your all right. Head.
1: That's the guide by Peter Heller <laughs> and it is it looks like Kanoff because that's that logo. Uh huh. Yeah, the the greyhound. Is it
0: a greyhound? It's
1: a Russian wolfhound. Oh,
0: okay.
1: And <laughs> a big dog. Do you, you want to know how I know that? One day, let's, <laughs> I'm, I'm jotting down. I'm jotting down um, publishing houses and the whole flow chart for a future episode. Oh, uh, just remind me to tell you about oh, okay. um, Chip Kid. Okay, I have okay. two others. Um, right. One is the Other Me by Sarah Zachrich jang and um kelly is the main character she is at an art show in chicago on her 29th birthday she doesn't feel quite right she walks through the door to get some air and she walks into her 29th birthday party at a restaurant in michigan into a different life where she where she apparently married her high school sweetheart What? and it's just it's like, uh, she's trying to, but she's very she has memories She's like, why am I here? I don't remember any of this. But then, when she thinks about it, she does remember like the last twelve years.
0: It's like that movie with the with the closing doors on the subway and that whole storyline of, you know, when you when you choose one thing over the other, where does your life take you? This right,
1: choose your own adventure. Yeah, so it's very similar to that. Yeah. Um, Okay. That's the other me. The other me, um, by Sarah Zachary Jang, and then finally, Goldenrod by Maggie Smith. It's it's poetry. It Poetry. Is, it is such a good collection, and it was an amazing interview. I'm going to um, produce it air wow. it tomorrow, which would be August 10th. Yes, you need to also subscribe to the Marginalia yeah. podcast, people. Um, this collection asks so many questions um, about the separation of children from their parents at the border, about needless death of Syrian refugees, about the end of a marriage, about wow. the existence of a greater being, about living through lockdown. Oh, that's um, be still Right. The, the, but they're not preachy. You know, I asked her, was, you know, it was the exercise of writing the poems your focus and that, it, you know, if other people read them and, and can benefit from them, then it's a bonus. And she said, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so this God. was just her trying to work through this. I wouldn't be surprised if this won, you know, some awards. Because, I mean, Jericho Brown won the Pulitzer for Tradition. And these just kind of seemed very. I don't read much poetry, and you know,
0: pe- people don't. A lot of people don't read poetry, but it's so great when an an
1: awesome collection like that comes yeah. out, and you're like, I don't read poetry, but I'm going to check this one out because. You know. Well, and sometimes it's helpful to have the author read a poem aloud to you, or and audio, so
0: audio. i wonder if right? That's like,
1: and so she did. I asked her. She read three poems during our interview, oh. and and I. She gave me permission to print them, and I, I need to check with um, with right. Simon & Schuster to make sure because they actually own the rights because they own the book. But, you know, maybe if I get that permission, then they'll be I'll on our website and you can listen as well. Out.
0: And poetry is one of those things you can read as you're reading other things. You know, if you have right. several books going at once, uh, that's a, that's a good book to just sort of. Read a poem a day or right. a couple of poems a day and really savor them. Right. So, oh, I look forward to that. Well, you're, my TBR is
1: growing because of your list. Oh, yeah. As usual. <laughs> okay. So those those are the books that I've read yeah. since our last conversation. Yeah. So uh, you want to talk real quick
0: about these auto-buy authors that we talked about. Yeah. So, so last last episode I said, you know, I, I just, you know, listed off a few that came to mind and it turned out they were all men <laughs> and someone called me on that rightfully uh because all you know I, I have many many favorite authors who are women I just was gonna gonna real quickly uh, mention some of those um Anne Lamott I think I've read bought and read everything she's ever printed bird by bird is my you know the, the book that made me be, you know want to be a writer and I read it you know every so often probably every three or four years I read it again um, love her stuff. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert is another huge fave of mine. Um, I loved, loved, loved City of Girls, which came out, gosh, I don't know, last year, year before. <laughs> Time is <laughs> a blur. <laughs> um, but just and, – and a signature of all things. And then even her, her nonfiction stuff on creativity, like Big Magic, totally anything she – comes out with, I will buy. So Last
1: American Man is my favorite. Oh, it, Last American Man, nonfiction,
0: non-fiction yeah. about a, a guy in the, it was it Appalachian Mountains? Well, they grew up in yes.
1: North Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah. His name is Eustace Conway. And it's right. just, it's, yeah, yeah, just read it.
0: Yeah, it's very good as well. Like, that's the thing. I, and even and her book, Committed on Love and Marriage, is was incredible as well. So yeah, so, so those are just two. Ruth Ozeki is another one. I'm really, really looking forward to her. Um, to her new book that's coming out this fall. Um, But A Tale for the Time Being by her was one of my all-time favorite novels. So yes there are many (laughs) many women on my must-buy list.
1: Well I thought you were going to say um, oh she owns Parnassus. Oh Anne Patchett. Anne Patchett. Yes. Oh my gosh of
0: course. Anne Patchett. Love her stuff as well. Oh yeah. uh, Dutch House. Right. Is that her most recent? Yes. Yes, that was great, and of course, anytime you mention Dutch House, people go, "Oh yeah, Tom Hanks narrated that the audiobook." <laughs> like well, so there's audiobook a woman is, who is wrote famous. from a, ma- a male perspective, yes, right? Yes, very well. Yep,
1: and yeah, I, that's her. Her bookstore is on my bucket list as well. <laughs> I think. Um, I think my favorite of hers was Bel Canto. Oh,
0: of course. Yeah, that's one that I would like to read again. Of course, I always say that, but then I never read these books again. I, uh, not never, but... I would like to read that one again.
1: Yeah. Um, and it was supposed to be made into a movie with Julianne Moore playing the opera singer. Really? Yeah. It just... I it don't know. Wasn't? I should look... Th- we'll we'll look that up and we'll get back to By you. By the way, I think the other black girl is being made into a movie.
0: Do they already have movie rights? Did you happen to talk to her about that? I'm just curious. I don't remember. It reads like a movie, um, for
1: sure. The Final Girls support group uh, does. Of course. And it has... Um, <laughs> oh, what's her name? She play, She played in Monster... Charlize Theron oh yeah um and I can't remember who else but you know it has some big names behind it there's a yeah oh
0: gosh I tell you what when something is becoming a movie that's it gets me off I mean gets me to read that book a little (laughs) bit quicker it's like oh I want to see the movie but I want to read the book first. right exactly um and let's talk about do you want to talk about the millions real quick yeah um you know it seems to me because usually we talk about books we're excited about books coming up and Correct me if I'm wrong, Beth, but it seems like September October is like when the heavy hitter, big author yes. award winners come out. And we looked at uh, this this website called The Millions, which is a book website, it comes out with its most anticipated books for the second half of the year. And Beth and I were both just like agog at this list—just a plethora of books to read this coming season. Yeah, it was overwhelming. Well, that seems like a good place to stop. <laughs>
1: We could go on and on, you I know, know and, and we often do. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for joining us for Books and Whatnot. And until next time, just keep turning those pages. Bye, Beth. Bye, Suzanne. Books and Whatnot is a production of KMUW Wichita. Our engineers are Mark Statzer and Torin Anderson. Producers are Haley Krausen and Jonathan Huber. And editors are Beth Golay, Suzanne Perez, and Lou Ann Stevens. You can find more conversations and a list of titles discussed, plus Beth Golay's Marginalia interviews and Suzanne Perez's book reviews at KMUW.org.